the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Dr. Catherine Pang, and it's so great to share this time together. Welcome to The Living Way, the podcast ministry of the Christian Life Institute and the Christian Life Institute's purpose to grow Christians forward, to live victoriously as overcomers in, but not of the world, through the hope and healing of Christ. If you miss any of our messages, you can find a link and more information on our website at christianlifeinstitute.com. Our podcasts are available on Thursdays. Please subscribe to our mailing list on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com, to receive notifications about our podcasts, blogs, and other events at CLI. As we begin, you may want to grab a Bible and follow along as we share scripture throughout our time together. Our message today is titled, Consistency in Conformity to the Character of Christ. Let's begin by reading Psalm 101. And then we will exegete verse by verse to highlight attributes of God and the Holy Spirit's ability and desire to conform us to the image of Christ. Psalm 101. I will sing of loving kindness and justice. To you, O Lord, I will sing praises. I will give heed to the blameless way. When will you come to me? I will walk within my house in the integrity of my heart. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not fasten its grip on me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will know no evil. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. No one who has a haughty look in an arrogant heart will I endure. My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a blameless way is the one who will minister to me. He who practices deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who speaks falsehood shall not maintain his position before me. Every morning I will destroy all the wicked of the land so as to cut off from the city of the Lord all those who do iniquity. Let's examine verse 1. I will sing of loving kindness and justice. Loving kindness, hesed, is a Hebrew word that means kindness or love between people specifically of the devotional piety of people towards God, as well as of love or mercy of God towards humanity. Another way to define this word is giving oneself fully with love and compassion. What does it mean when the psalmist says, I will sing of the truth that you give yourself fully with love and compassion? The psalmist, as you and I, can state in truth that the Lord does give himself fully to you, to us, his precious son or daughter, with his love and compassion, his love which is far beyond all human love, his compassion which is filled with understanding as to the plight of our humanness and his desire for us to live, walk in a way that overcomes the struggles of our humanness through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Can you sing of his love and compassion? God's wholehearted commitment to your spiritual well-being and his desire for you to live as a victorious overcomer, he has declared you to be in him. 1 John 5, 4 reminds us, and I quote, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. How are you portraying the loving kindness of Christ in your day-to-day in the here and now? Justice. You may be thinking justice, there is no justice. Yes, we live in an unjust fallen world, and so often it appears and it is that there is no justice, but God. God is just. 
God is absolutely just in all his judgments. Because of its holy righteousness, he cannot be bribed or corrupted in any way. God cannot be fooled. Because he is all-knowing and ever-present, he has all the facts at his disposal. He knows his circumstances and motives, so his decisions are always based on absolute truth. God is also a perfect judge, because when he pronounces judgment, he has the power and sovereignty to carry it out. In Deuteronomy 32.4, in the New Living Translation, we read, and I quote, Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. But because he is a just God, his verdict will always be right. King David said from Psalm 11.7, from the New International Version, and I quote, The Lord is righteous. He loves justice. Because God is just, he will always treat us fairly. However, as the holy and righteous sovereign of the universe, God cannot ignore any act of sin. God hates sin with a holy passion. The psalmist writes in Psalm 98 and 11 in the New Living Translation, and I quote, You spread out our sins before you, our secret sins, and you see them all. Who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. As his children, as Christ's followers, as those choosing to live Christ on the narrow road, it is urgent that we choose to allow God to be God and not usurp him through our own notions of fairness and justice. Let us remind ourselves, as we shared earlier, he is just in all his ways from Deuteronomy 32.4. Let us choose to anchor into this scriptural truth, and when we are tempted to become wobbly or stray into our flesh, let us remind ourselves God's justice will prevail in the course of his sovereignty. Let us then choose the blameless way. Verse 2a says, I will give heed to the blameless way. What does it mean to give heed to the blameless way? Let us not confuse giving heed to the blameless way as living without flaw, blemish, imperfection, or mistake. Paul, yes, Paul, the one who wrote numerous books in our New Testament, is the first to admit that he falls prey to his flesh. Let us read Romans seven fourteen through 21, and I quote, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do I do not do, but what I hate I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Choosing consistency and conformity with the character of Christ is an intentional deep desire to give heed to the blameless way. Giving heed is to give consideration or attention to, a willingness to choose Christ's way over our own way, a willingness to follow after blamelessness, to not be found with fault, as Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 6.3. If we choose in the here and now to allow the Spirit to have His way in us, to refine us, to mold us, to shape us, 
so that we may live at what we at CLI refer to as a grain of sand level, then we will own our mistake, our fault, our fleshly way in the moment, make an amend, and be found without fault, because as the A's would say, a reference to AA and other recovery groups as we refer to them at CLI, we have cleaned up our mess in the moment. There is a path to giving heed to the blameless way. We do so with a circumcised heart with integrity. Verse 2b says, and I quote, I will walk within my house in the integrity of my heart. Let's read Ezekiel, Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27, and I quote, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and be careful to obey my rules. God has removed your hardened heart, your heart of stone, and he has provided you with a heart of flesh, a circumcised heart, as we read in Deuteronomy 36, and I quote, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live. Colossians 2.11 reminds us, and I quote, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. We have a heart that can desire and seek after God as his child, as a Christ follower. Before our salvific experience, we were dead in our sins and trespasses, as we read in Ephesians 2.1. Our new heart, yes, we have received a heart transplant, and we can, in Christ, choose to walk and live in the integrity of Christ. Therefore, we can choose to live what we read in verse 3, and I quote, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. Yes, we have a choice. Our flesh is very powerful, and we may fall prey to it. But God, if we are not mindful, if we are not intentional, then we will, not may, fall prey. And even with the word may, we do not need to live as Paul exhorts us not to, sinning the more so grace may abound. The more, as he says in Romans 6, 1, and I quote, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Choosing to walk in integrity means to not intentionally indulge in, engage in sin, take a stand against sin, not treat someone in a sinful way. Integrity requires an absolute authenticity, a rigorous transparency, and a surrendered vulnerability. A commitment to letting our yes be yes and our no be no, as we read in Matthew 5:37, and I quote, But let your yes be yes and your no, no, for whatever is more than this is from the evil one. It requires Ephesians 4:15, and I quote, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Ask yourself, is it what I am about to do? Is it what I am about to say? Does it edify, encourage, feed my spirit, or fuel my flesh? Is it worthwhile for the kingdom, the cause of Christ, my refinement in him, or is it worthless? For as we read in 1 John 2.16 from the ESV, and I quote, 
For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And now let's read the same verse from the New Living Translation, and I quote, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, a pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. Are you, are we, willing to recognize the truth according to the truth of God's word and cry out, verse 4, A perverse heart shall depart from me? What is perverse? Perverse means contrary to the ways of God. In 1 Peter 2, 1-5, we read, and I quote, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 5a states, and I quote, whoever secretly slanders his neighbor. What did we just read in 1 Peter 2, 1, and I quote, put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Putting away is a choice. Taking off is a choice. Not stepping into is a choice. The key verse and theological point in these character trait verses is, as Paul says in Ephesians 4, 20-24, as he is admonishing the church in Ephesus, and you and I today, for non-Christ-like choices, behaviors, actions, attitudes. And please remember, this is not for condemnation, but if the Spirit moves, for conviction. Let me quote, but that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Allow me to paraphrase the message of these verses from Ephesians. Let's start with the assumption, not one of our favorite words at CLI, so rather, let's start that you have shared you have professed faith in Christ. You have asked him into your heart to be your Savior and Lord. You attest to and believe that he is born of a virgin, walked this earth as fully man and fully God, lived a perfectly sinless life, was crucified on a cross for your sin, was buried in a tomb, rose the third day, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. You attest to and believe he is the Son of God and is the second person of the Trinity. You attest to and believe one day he will come again, what is known as the second coming, and will gather those who belong to him and rule for all eternity. If you attest and believe God's word, and I quote, that you are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus and not by your own efforts or works, then you are what is referred to as saved born again, a believer. So back to Ephesians and the paraphrase. Assuming you profess Christ, you were taught the truth of Christ, you have read and studied your Bible, you belong to him, 
then put off your old self, meaning get out of the flesh, your sinful ways, your old habits, and entrenched conditioned ways of being and doing. Change your behavior, your attitudes, your words, your actions through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit at work in you. As Paul reminds us in Ephesians, your old self belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Remember Galatians 5:16 through 18, one of our favorite scriptures at CLI? The flesh and the spirit can never, ever, 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 ever be friends. The flesh will fight you every step of the way for control and power, for its way, even when its ways are destructive and detrimental to yourself, others, and most importantly, your relationship to Jesus Christ. Now pause and remind yourself of the truth of Scripture from Romans 8.1, and I quote, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. This is not condemnation. This may be conviction. And if so, embrace it fully, as we are called in verse 24 of Ephesians 4, and I quote, To be renewed in the spirit of our minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Now back to the psalm. As we continue to connect the dots to cultivate consistency and conformity to the character of Christ, verse 5b reminds us, and I quote, no one who has a haughty look and an arrogant heart. Let us be acutely aware of the facts that haughty and arrogant are one side of a coin that has self-deprecating and shaming on the other side. These contrasts are two sides of the same coin. It is easy to point a finger at pride, arrogance, self-centeredness, and all those words which we find more distasteful than self-deprecation, self-devaluation, self-criticism, and shame. Yet both are not Christ-honoring and destructive to our spiritual condition. The psalmist continues with the exhortation in verse 7a when he states, and I quote, He who practices deceit shall not dwell within my house. You may be thinking deceit. I may have flaws, but I'm not a deceiver. Do you want to pause for a moment and rewind that statement? By definition, the flesh is a deceiver. Every time you rationalize, justify, defend, you are deceiving yourself. Ouch, you say. Yes, ouch. We do not even realize the depth of deception of which the flesh is capable and how often we fall prey to deceptive practices. We do not need to be a malicious, intentional liar to be deceitful. Deceit is defined as the action or practice of deceiving someone or ourselves by concealing or misrepresenting the truth. Do you ever misrepresent the truth to yourself? I would venture a guess that the answer is yes. Every time you speak a big bucket generalization, as we refer to it at CLI, you are misrepresenting the truth. Every time you say something like, I can, can't do anything, I always get it wrong, no one likes me. Every time you use black and white, catastrophic, self-talk, you are deceiving yourself. And I would venture to say that self-deception is especially poisonous to a Christ follower. Every time you say something like, can God really? Every time you indulge a seed of doubt, does God really love me? Is God really faithful? Can I really trust him? You are stepping onto the path of deception, which dangerously 
will damage your soul and your spiritual health. Verse 7b reinforces this point as we read, and I quote, He who speaks falsehood shall not maintain his position before me. Speaking falsehood to oneself or others separates us from God, not in terms of our salvation, which is secure and cannot be lost, contrary to some popular opinions. But God creates a distance as God does not draw near to sin. So our position near him is compromised as we choose to continue in falsehood and deception. Please note there are no exceptions. You will hear Christians say, it's only a white lie. White lies are a worldly construct. It is either a lie or it is not. There is no room for falsehood or deceit in the house of the Lord among his children. We must, as Joshua challenged the children of Israel, choose this day who you will serve and how you will live. Let's read Joshua 24, 14 through 15, and I quote, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We must choose to be, as Jesus said to the church at Laodicea in Revelation 3.15, and I quote, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold, I wish that you were one or the other. We must recognize and admit that lukewarmness is detestable to Jesus as Lord. And his desire for refining, transforming, conforming work in us so that we may truly reflect the character of Christ in all aspects of our lives in the here and now moment by moment require that we get off of the fence. We must choose to recognize the Lord God as Lord as supreme and choose to serve the Lord in sincerity and faithfulness through the power of the Holy Spirit bearing fruit for the kingdom. Here comes an ouch as we say at CLI. We cannot and will not be the victorious overcomers he has declared us to be in 1 John 5 4 and I quote, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith. If we do not choose to be conformed, allow him to have his way, trust his perfect way, even when it's uncomfortable and not to our liking. If we are not consistently committed to Christ in his ways, we cannot have the victory and overcome that he has promised us as we are standing in our own way. Conformity and consistency are our two takeaways today to be committed to cultivating his character within. We must take him seriously and recognize that comfort and familiarity can breed contempt even about our Savior, which will produce a passivity and a purposelessness, which will bring forth the rotten fruit of hypocrisy. We must choose to know, gnosko know, as we say at CLI, his attributes and his truth, to serve him in his truth and bear his attributes. We must then choose to allow him to conform us to his image as we read in 2 Corinthians 3.18 and I quote, And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image 
from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In Romans 8:29, I quote, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Here comes the challenge question. Do you really? Really, really? Really, really? And here comes the ouch. No matter the cost, desire in your depths to be conformed, to be more like Jesus, no matter the cost. If the answer is no, ask yourself, what's in your way? What's holding you back? Do you really want to be a nominal Christian, a worldly Christian, a lukewarm Christian, a casual Christian, a Laodicean sitting on the fence Christian? Or do you want to be a Christ follower, finding the hope and peace only he can deliver in this broken, fallen world? Please do not stop listening. If you've truly made a profession of faith for salvation in Jesus as Savior, then why are you skeptical, hesitant, wavering about him as Lord? Explore this question with the Lord. Go to him in prayer. Read cover to cover from Genesis to Revelation, infuse from the Word of God, and seek counsel from a wise, mature Christ follower who will speak truth in love. Ask yourself, are you falling prey to the deception, the false belief that you can have Jesus as Savior only and not have Him as Lord? If you are subtly or not living as professing Christians and ignoring Jesus' Lordship, then we are placing worthless beliefs before us, walking with a perverse heart, slandering Jesus, harboring a haughty, arrogant heart, speaking falsehood. These are attributes, character traits we have examined in Psalm 101 at the beginning of this message and identified as those we would not attach to, accumulate, act in accord with. Let us instead choose conformity to the character of Christ. The purpose of the Christian Life Institute is palpable. We want all who profess Christ to taste and see that the Lord is good from Psalm 34, 8. To want Christ truly, deeply, intimately, and personally to be your all in all. We pray this is a time of refreshment and growth. We value your prayers. We value your support. Please send any emails to admin at christianlifeinstitute.com. Thank you for joining us for The Living Way, presented by the Christian Life Institute. Our podcasts are available on Thursdays. Please subscribe to our mailing list on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com, to receive notifications about our podcasts, blogs, and other events at CLI. I'm Dr. Katherine Pang. Thank you so much for joining us.